welcome in Ryan Pike from Flames Nation. Ryan, good morning. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Just doing excellent up here and a lot of buzz down there in Calgary. What is the buzz? What's the feeling in Flames Nation after the big trade last night? Well, I mean, if we're being completely honest here, I think the Flames are sort of using this season as an evaluation period of sorts on some of their guys. I mean, you know, if you want to chalk up last year and the disappointing finish the Flames had under Daryl Sutter to sort of the Sutter of it all, then you kind of needed a few games, a few months to sort of figure out what the Flames had independent of uh, their former coach. And for better or for worse, the answer has been they're basically a 500 team. And the big question is, do you want to pay a premium to maintain a roster that is very 500 the last little while? And the answer we've gotten, it seems, has been no. Uh, the, the Flames, you know, when, when Craig Connery came in as general manager, he inherited seven pending unrestricted free agents. He's re-signed Michael Backlund for a couple of years to be the team's captain. And other than that, I think he's looked at some futures. And this is the, the third uh, sale of a pending restricted, pending unrestricted free agent. And you can make an argument. It's, uh, you know, all due respect to Tyler Toffoli and Nikita Zadorov. This is probably the, the big fish uh, between Lindholm and, and Noah Hannafin that Conroy had to dangle in the trade market, and he got five assets for it. And I think uh, based on the, the quality and quantity of uh, the pieces that the, the Flames got back, it, it seems on paper like a pretty fair trade for both sides. Do you think, I mean, obviously they, they think that Kuzmenko can return to his form from last year. Is that the feeling in Calgary too? I think it's a... It's a Qualified bet. Uh, you know, the, the Flames in the Tyler Tapoli trade uh, received Diego Sharon Govich, who had, you know, in two seasons with the, the Devils, you know, the preceding season, he was very good. The, the season uh, before or after that, he was kind of very ordinary. And when Timo Meyer arrived, he was sort of sitting on the sidelines because of just the, the lack of roles for him. But Sharon Govich has turned into a really mm-hmm. good find for the Flames, and arguably, along with Blake Coleman, one of their more you know, consistently strong offensive players. I think that's the kind of bet the Flames are making with Kuzmenko. He, he signed for the rest of this year and all of next season at a $5.5 million cap hit. And if you're the Flames, you need guys for next year. And so he's a guy you can roll the dice on. And if he's good, you either keep him or sell him. And if he's not good, you get out from under the contract in a year anyway with, with uh, no fuss, no muss. So, you know, if you're the Flames, it seems like a, a reasonable gamble. It was probably something the Flames had to do to make the money work for Vancouver because, you know, the, the Canucks are actually, I think they have $650,000 fewer in cap commitments than they started with. So from a Canucks standpoint, if, if they're rolling the dice on making a run this year, uh, they kind of needed to move out something significant cap-wise to make the money work, and Kuzmenko appeared to be the odd man out. So we'll see. It's it's uh, going to be someone that the I think Plains fans are very curious about seeing if he can recapture his 39-goal form from a year ago. Ryan Pike with us from Flames Nation on Sports 1440. I would assume that uh, many Flames fans were rushing to Hockey DB to check out the name Hunter Brustavich. I don't think many people in Calgary knew all much about him, but I think they do know a little bit about him today. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a name that is hard to spell and hard to pronounce, <laughs> but once you wrap your head around it, I think he's a pretty exciting young player. He was a, a third-round selection by the Canucks in last year's draft, and he was a pretty good OHL offensive defenseman a year ago, and, you know, some questions about just 
overall consistency sort of slid him from the second round mix into the third round. So I think the Canucks got good value with that pick. And for the Flames, I mean, the Flames are a team that, you know, if you look at their positional depth chart, you know, their big glaring hole uh, overall was defensemen. They, they needed uh, some defensive depth in their system. And between Yoni Irmo and especially Hunter uh, Brustevich, I think they got what they needed. You know, Hunter Brustevich is third in the Ontario Hockey League in points right now. Like, not just for defensemen, for points. He leads all the all defensemen in points. He's had a, a really, really strong year. And typically with these, you know, young offensive line defensemen, if you look at the, the details of how they get their points, it's usually they're just feasting on the power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, of his sixty nine points, he's only got eighteen on the power play. He's managed to really, really feast uh at five on five. He's got fifty even strength points in forty seven games. And a lot of forwards don't get that. So he's, at the very least, uh, a really, really special offensive junior player. And if you're the Flames, I think you, you look at the package he has and the performance he's had this year, and I think he's a guy that you're willing to, to work with and try to develop because if he can you know, keep improving and rounding out his game, especially his defensive mm-hmm. game, he could be someone that is an absolute steal uh, looking back on this trade. Uh, Ryan Pike with us from Flames Nation. Maybe a question or concern, and I'm not sure if you can answer this, but do you know why that he did not make the U.S. Uh, junior team for the World Championship, that he was not on the roster? I'm just looking. When you see a guy that has 70 points as a defenseman, you kind of go, why wasn't he on that team? Is there Was there a reason or anything that you know of? I would I would say not to, not to speak ill of USA Hockey, but USA Hockey generally tends to take at the World Juniors and the under-18 sort of guys that are in their system already. So, Typically, you see a lot of college players and a lot of guys who are currently with the U.S. National Development Program. And, you know, mm-hmm. Brusevich was in the, the development program for a couple of years, but then he sort of left the college route to uh, to go into the OHL. And, you know, they, they typically only take one or two uh, Canadian junior players uh, per world junior cycle. And so it, those spots are pretty mm-hmm. hotly contested, and they tend to go with guys they know a bit better. Hey, Ryan, so when are the other shoes going to drop here on, you know, with Tanev and, and Noah Hanovan? How close? And I would imagine that is, is Vancouver still in the mix? I mean, they were, there were rumors Tanev would maybe surface out there. But uh, where do you think Craig Conroy goes with these two uh, UFA defensemen? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I think they had a, a pretty clear price in mind for what they wanted to get for Elias Lindholm. Uh, you know, the, the the chatter was they would like a first-round pick and a pretty to very good prospect, and I think they, they landed that uh, and then some with this trade. And I think for, for both Tanev and Noah Hannafin, I think they have a price in mind. And I think, you know, especially for, for Hannafin, I think the price starts with the first-round selection, and I think I don't think that uh, – I would I would argue that getting the first round pick they wanted for Elias Lindholm and getting it five or six weeks out from the trade deadline probably strengthens their resolve to to get what they want to get for for Tanev and, and uh, Noah Hannafin. So I think if you're the if you're a Flames fan in uh, in your market listening, I think they probably want to get a first rounder plus for Hannafin. And you know we we've heard chatter that you know typically players of Hannafin's quality go for a second rounder plus. Uh, in the trade market, but you know, uh, plenty of folks uh, in various markets. I mean, Rick, Rick Dalliwall in, in Vancouver has been all over mm-hmm. all over this, as he tends to be with a lot of Vancouver trades. And you know, he sort of mentioned that there's over ten teams sniffing around Chris Tanev, and you know, it seems quite probable that 
uh, the Flames could get another first-round pick for Hanson and another first-round pick for Chris Tanev. Mm-hmm. And if you're the Flames and you're going into a bit of a, a reload cycle, uh, you know, there's really no better way to reload than the draft. And if you're heading into the next draft or two with multiple first-round picks, I, I think you're pretty happy with that as a start. Ryan Pike from Flames Nation, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Is there any chance, Ryan, that Noah Hannafin wants to re-sign in Calgary and the Flames want to re-sign him for what would be a really long-term big, big deal? Well, there's always a chance. I mean, you know, Noah Hannafin's always been very complimentary of the organization and the city. You know, I think the elephant in the room is he's uh, he's an East Coast kid and, you know, he's played... You know, a lot of his career, you know, he played initially in Carolina, but he's he's been away from home mm-hmm. for the better part of six years. And, you know, all things being equal, if I can get paid well and be closer to my loved ones, I'd consider it. And so, you know, I don't think there'd be any ill will towards the player if he opted to, to go a little bit closer to home. And so I think if you're the Flames, you have to think of, okay, is he going to, are you going to have to quote unquote overpay to get him to stay? And if so, would an overpayment be worth it? Because, you know, you're going to have, you know, the, the cap's going to keep going up. And while the Flames will need to find players to fill out their roster for the next few years as they creep towards opening that new building in 2027, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're also going to be in a situation potentially where there's going to be other teams, you know, you're, you're, the crew in, in your town, they've already spent their cap mm-hmm. uh, bump for next year. And there's going to be a few teams like that who have sort of spent the, the cap increase already and need to be bailed out a bit. And if you're the Flames, you got to do a balancing act because while, you, you know, you probably won't be able to find a, a player of Noah Hannafin's quality in the UFA market this summer or even in the trade market, you know, you're probably being able to find some value uh, looking at teams that maybe have overextended themselves a bit. So, you know, for, for me, if, if uh, my gut feeling right now is I don't think Noah Hannafin is with the Flames past uh, March 8th, but, you know, I've always, I'm always open to being surprised. And, you know, it's one of those things where there's an affection between the team and the organ- and the player and I think vice versa. But I think both sides also have a price tag in mind that they want. And, I'm, you know, if to be blunt, if they had a number in common, they probably would have figured out something by now. Mm-hmm. Ryan Pike with us uh, from Flames Nation. Ryan, when you look at, and let's circle back to the Kuzmenko acquisition, is there a chance that Kuzmenko and, and Sharon Govich uh, end up playing on a line together? Oh, definitely. I think uh, I'm uh, the thing I'm very curious about for the Flames for the next uh, few months is who the heck's going to play center? Because, <laughs> you know, they have Nassim Kadri, they have Michael Backlund. Kadri and Backlund both have really well-defined roles in the team. You know, Kadri's been playing with some of the younger players, and, you know, Backlund's sort of their, their go-to tough-minute shutdown guy. And, you know, for Kuzmenko, I think he'd want to fit him with some offensive-minded guys. And, you know, Sharon Govich has played some center this year. He's, I think he's better on the wing, but he can play center. And, you know, on paper, if you look at, you know, you throw Huber Joe, Kuzmenko, and Sharon Govich on a line, stack them up the offensive zone at every faceoff and let them go nuts, there could be something there. But I think the big question for the Flames is, you know, for the remainder of this season and going forward, do they have enough uh, NHL-quality mm-hmm. centers to really fill out their lineup? Because they've got a ton of wingers, and they added a pretty good one in the trade. But the center question, I think, is going to be looming over the team for at least the remainder of this season. One other uh, piece of the puzzle that may be in play is uh, Jacob Markstrom. Is that still a uh, thought process for uh, Craig Conrad that to entertain trade offers for the goaltender? I mean, what the season is having, I think he'd be he'd be you know 
not doing his job if he doesn't entertain offers. But I mean, you know, Jacob Markstrom is a guy who has a, a no move clause in his contract, and you know they they have a great deal of respect for the, for the player. Uh, you know, he's one of the the leaders in their room, and I think you know I think if you're in a situation where you're doing things that'll make the team arguably less competitive for the next year or two, I think you have the conversation with him of, hey, you know, there's probably a diminished chance of uh, of a lengthy playoff run in the next year or two. Do you want to be here, or you want us to find you a better spot? And if if he's a guy that wants to be there, then I think they're more than happy to have Jacob Markstrom on their team for the remainder of his contract because you know he's a he's a guy who's that good and that important to them. But also, if if uh, they can get uh, a really good value for him, and if they can find him a spot that he'd want to be, I think they'd have that conversation. But uh, by all accounts, you know he's he's not in any hurry to move, and mm-hmm. I think the the team wouldn't even want to broach the subject with him unless they had a deal that would knock his socks off and knock their sock off. Do they think Dustin Wolf is ready to take the next step at a at a higher level with uh, you know more games and more playing time and things like that? I would say so. He's he's only he's only played a handful of games in the NHL, and you know I think uh, there's still some work to do. He's still pretty young, but you know in in the games that we've seen him in here, he's shown some flashes of that brilliance that we've seen at lower levels. And you know he's he's one of those guys where after you've been named AHL Goalie of the Year back to back years and the MVP last year what's left for him to really accomplish in the American League. And you want to keep him moving and keep him progressing and keep him challenged. And I think the only way to do that is to put him in the NHL. Interesting times in Calgary. Oh, boy. Uh, thanks so much for your time today, Ryan. Really appreciate it. Shedding, uh, shedding a little light on the trade and uh, what the Flames are doing moving forward. Uh, thanks for hopping on today. Thanks for having me. That's Ryan Pike, Flames Nation.